Morning. We're starting a, a new study series, uh, actually starting next week. And the, uh, the premise of this, or the title of this would be The Story of the Bible. And we are going to spend the next uh, 10 weeks or so going through and understanding the a view of the, of the Bible from end to end. Um, we, will, we will look at seeing things there and tying things together in a way that makes, uh, that makes sense. Obviously, we won't be doing a lot of deep dive into lots of different details because we, we're covering uh, the entire Bible in 10 weeks. Um, but the point of this is, is for us to, to understand uh, the, uh, the main theme of the Bible and to understand it in a way that is going to be productive for us, that's going to hopefully change our perspective and hopefully give us uh, the ability to, um, uh, to be able to articulate uh, our, um, what, we, what we believe and how we, how we might describe our belief in a way that may be different than what we might do uh, today. The, uh, the study was created uh, for people who want to learn about, about Jesus. They want to learn about the Bible. Uh, they have an interest in, in how they would go about uh, collecting some information that they don't know. Um, they may have pockets of knowledge. They may know certain things, but they, don't, they may not be able to tie them together into, into a way that's cohesive. Or they may have some kind of fragmented ideas because they just don't have a very broad sense or understanding uh, of the Bible and, and how it all fits together. Uh, people may be religious, but they may not be very, um, they may not very understand very well what needs to be done. They, they do what, what they're told. They, they may follow certain uh, doctrinal things, but they just don't really, aside from being uh, religious, they may not really understand very much beyond that, and they have an interest in, in understanding that more, and uh, ultimately, uh, those people who want to find and meet Jesus and understand who he is and understand how, uh, how we would um, have a relationship with him. As we go through this study, uh, we're not, uh, this, is, this is a study that was, that was intended uh, to sit down with people and help them to understand and give them some context for, to be able to understand the Bible in a way that is productive and, and, um, and is compelling to them uh, as they understand it. Uh, hopefully, as we go through this, uh, while some of the things on the left-hand side may be something that, that we have pe people who, who say, I, 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 want, I have pockets of knowledge, but I don't really know how it all goes together very well. Um, that, that's okay, and that's, that's perfectly why we're doing this. Uh, hopefully what we'll, we will be able to do as we go through this is to, to, un, to discover information that um, it, it may be new to us, uh, an idea that sparks something that we haven't, um, uh, that we haven't thought of in, in that way before, um, we hopefully we'll be able to have some continuity and have some a better sense of how the, the Bible relates um, relates it to itself, and uh, and by a different perspective, we we, we have a um, uh, a bad example would be if someone were to say, well, what do you what do y'all believe at, the, at your church? Well, we believe that you don't dance. We believe that you don't have instrumental music. We believe you. We go down a list of all the stuff we don't do. Well, that's, that's a terrible uh, description. Or we may give somebody an answer that is, uh, well, we believe in, um, in following uh, the direct uh, 
the direct uh, authority of the Bible and everything that it teaches us. Uh, most people don't know what that means. They don't, that's not compelling to them and that doesn't open the door to talk to them. So it may be a different perspective for us to recognize that people outside of our view of things, people outside of our way of thinking who want to have a conversation with us or may want to get some information, we might want to talk to them a little bit differently. And if we go through this study, and, and what we're doing is we're going to go through the study ourselves, uh, and hopefully with that understanding, we might be in a better position to be able to talk to people um, about, um, in addition to what we learn, but talk to people uh, about uh, their interest in, in learning and, and studying. The, uh, I thought that this would be a good place to start. Uh, blessed be the, the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be, uh, be holy and blameless before him. And continuing on, uh, he predestined us for adoption to him uh, as through, uh, as I can't read it back there very well, uh, sons through uh, Jesus Christ. And, and then further on, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trans trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And then finally, this, this excerpt, according to his purpose which he set uh, forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time uh, to unite all things in him, things in heavenly, heaven and things of earth. If we look at this, we understand that first of all, God chose to love us before creation even existed. God chose us uh, that we would be uh, a people that would be holy and it would be blameless. He chose that we would have a savior and a Lord in Jesus Christ before the world ever even existed. He chose that we would be redeemed by the blood of our savior, that we would be adopted as sons through Jesus, that we would, uh, that we would have life through Jesus and that, that Jesus from the very beginning where he, Jesus the Christ, is, it was before creation. And we see that all things would be united in Christ. And that just a couple of things like that would be in, um, in, the, in the, the world of Christianity, with, with Christ having come, all people, Jews, Gentiles, all people everywhere, can become a Christian, can follow, uh, can follow Christ, and have salvation. Not only that, but uniting uh, all authority and everything that, every power and every authority and everything that, that there is, is subject to the rule of Christ, except for God the Father. And so we look at this, we see from, the, from before the beginning till beyond uh, what we're looking at, we see a description of, of God's will and God's purpose for us. And it's interesting for us, I believe, from that perspective to say, you, while you may not have realized that this verse existed in this way or you may not have read it this way, I think it's very instructive to, to see that this is not an afterthought. This was not something where, um, uh, where God saw, well, this isn't really working. I'm going to try this now. I'm gonna give, I'll try this covenant. And that seems to be the way some people will describe, uh, will describe the, uh, the things throughout the, uh, throughout the Bible as they look at it. And specifically... 
If we look at uh, Hebrews 1 in the past, God spoke to our ancestors or fathers through the prophets and at many times and in various ways, but in his last days has spoken to us by his son. This describes uh, in a very short amount of time that there are different time periods and different ways in which um, God has talked to and dealt with people. And let's look at those things as we open our Bibles and we begin to look at it. These make a lot of sense. Um, if the first of it would be the age of the fathers, uh, or, the, or we may call that the patriarch age. Um, that is a, a time when God spoke directly to the, the head of a, of a family or a tribe. Uh, it might be the, the, uh, the elder or the one that he would speak directly to, um, to them, and, and they, would, um, uh, they would then, in fact, have this tribe that God would have a relationship with through the communication that he had with, uh, with the patriarch or with the father. Um, if we look at, uh, and this is family-centric, if we look at how we add up all of the, um, the ages that go from, uh, from Genesis to Exodus 19, which is what the, how this period is defined, it's approximately 2,500 years. In this time period, we have, this time period spans, um, it spans Adam, it spans Noah, and Abraham, and all the way up to Moses. This, this period uh, exists all the way until uh, the Mount Sinai when we have the couple of million people gathered around Mount Sinai and, and God is talking to them and through Moses uh, and at that point he gives the law of Moses or he gives the, the Ten Commandments which is the beginning of him d describing um, how, he wanted, how he would deal with this with this people, and for the first time, he's looking now at the Israel nation. He's now dealing with the, a, an individual nation, and we, we see from this point forward just the view of God's dealing with Israel as a nation. And so he has laws, that he, and he speaks, he speaks to those people through prophets. Moses would be the first one. Uh, Joshua, as they go into the land after wandering. Uh, we look at, at Isaiah, we see uh, Jonah, and we see Daniel in the time of uh, the, the, the Babylonian captivity. We see God speaking through many people uh, that speak on, on his behalf as he gives his, his, um, his will and his instruction and his corrections through the prophets. The, uh, this period uh, of about 1,500 years ends in John 19, at the beginning of, at John 20. And the reason why that is the case is that that is at the crucifixion of Christ. At the crucifixion of Christ, the law of Moses no longer uh, was, it, was in effect. At, the, at that point in time, we now have a new, um, a new covenant, a new um, worldwide, uh, not just one nation, not just a few people selected, not just a family, but now anyone, anywhere, uh, can, can believe in God through Christ and have, uh, and have a, a, the hope for salvation uh, through the same single place, and that is through Jesus Christ. That span goes actually from uh, Matthew 1 till the end of Revelation, and the reason there's an overlap there between these, these two in this period is that when Jesus was born and Jesus came in Matthew 1 and we're introduced to him, he was under the old law. He, um, he didn't um, 
He didn't disregard the old law. He was a Jew under the old law, and so he lived there uh, under the old law, but he spoke about what was coming in, in, the, cov in the next time after his crucifixion. So we see this um, all the way through, uh, from all through, all through 66 books, letters uh, of history and, and poetry and, and instruction. And we see throughout that, that period, we see one central theme that goes through all of that. And that one central theme is Jesus. We see that Jesus, from the very beginning, when we look at, um, when we look at starting in, in, at, the, at the Garden of Eden, uh, as they're being thrown out of the garden, we see God talking about Jesus. We see him talking about the fact to the serpent that, um, uh, that the son, of, the son of, uh, of the woman is going to, to crush the head of the snake and the snake is going to bruise the heel. And he's talking at that point, from the very beginning, talking about Jesus. We see Abraham and his promises, and he looks forward to Jesus. We see the, the, it, through the Mosaic promise or the Mosaic covenant that everything in the covenant looks forward to the Messiah. So everyone in this period from the, the, the age of the fathers through the age of, of, uh, of the Old Testament or of the prophets, they all are looking forward to the Messiah who's going to come and take away their sins. We look at the Gospels, and then we say, not only is he coming, now he's here. And the Gospels then talk about um, who he is and describes and, and presents him as uh, the Messiah who has come. And, and his, his teaching and his direction um, and his his witness and proving himself until he is crucified, uh, this is the story. He is here. After his crucifixion and resurrection, um, he then, uh, and, and then his ascension, everything from there on, starting in basically in Acts through the rest uh, of the New Testament, is he has come and he's coming back. Everything about this as looks to Christ, looks to Christ on the cross, and we see uh, a perspective throughout all of, um, all of this that says J Jesus is there. And that's the thread that we are looking at through this study, is to be able to follow and see the story of Jesus from the very beginning or before all the way through the end of time as we know it. The study that we, are going to, that we're, we will uh, go through will be two lessons um, that this is normally uh, when we're doing, if we're doing a study using this material, it would be normally five sessions, but we're not going to spend that much time uh, on, for a sermon, so we're gonna, it's divided up where there are two lessons on the, the father's sec period, uh, two lessons on the mosaic period. Um, there will be two lessons on Jesus and two lessons on salvation, and then we'll have two lessons uh, on the church. The... Um, In the study, we're going, to, uh, we're going to see God, and we're going to see who is God. And as he reveals himself to man, who is he, and what is the nature of our God as he reveals himself to us? And we, he also tell, we also will see that he will describe for us clearly the things that will please him and the things that will displease him. We also will look at man from a perspective of where did we come from? That's a, that's a question that we may think is kind of, kind of funny or silly, except the world doesn't necessarily know the answer to that. Why are we here? Uh, what is it that God expects from us? And where are we going? Understanding where we fit 
in this, in this thread throughout the Bible, understanding what our relationship is with God is crucial as we go through this study. We also will look at sin. What, what is sin? Why is sin, um, why sin is an insult to a holy God? How can that holy God forgive sin, being holy? We'll talk about Jesus. We'll learn about Jesus. We'll learn who he is. We'll, we'll hear why he came. We'll, hear, we'll, study, we'll study what it is that he did. And, and, we'll, and we'll discover what it is that, uh, that he has provided for us. We'll also, know how, we'll also study to know how do we know him. Not know about him, but how do we know him. We, we will look at the fact that we are going to be standing before a judgment seat. And that judgment seat, we will look at that and the, the terrible nature of those who do not have a plea, do not have a way to, to stand and, we, with, and answer the question, how can we be saved from this judgment? And with that, we will understand in that discussion, in that, that uh, study, we'll we will talk about and understand what justification is and, and how justification uh, works, how we have access to that. And finally, uh, at least in this summary, we'll be looking at the idea that to be holy, to be sanctified, uh, to be set apart from the world and to be God's people, we must live a life that is dedicated to him, that we live a life in a way that is, that is centered around God and nothing else. So as we look through quickly the, uh, uh, the material that we're going to be covering, we start at the, um, and, and the, the biggest challenge for me on this as we go through this is that I want to jump in and start talking about all the stuff that everybody else is going to talk about. Uh, so in summary, I'm going to kind of keep it, I'll, I'll keep it to a minimum roar here. But um, at the age of the fathers, uh, it, it all starts right here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and it's, it's, it's good to note that in the beginning, God, he doesn't set out to prove, who he, to prove his existence. He simply just declares that he, he is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In this section, uh, we will look at the idea and, and, and see examples and be uh, convinced that there's a big difference between, um, between believing in God, that he exists, I believe he's there, I believe he has power, and there's a difference between that and having an active faith where we live our lives in a way that is dedicated that he is our master and he's our Lord. In, this, in that case, having a living faith, a, an active faith, is, a, is different than having some intellectual uh, uh, agreement that God exists. God means what he says and says what he means. God is very clear in describing what it is that he wants uh, from us. And he will, he will reward and he will curse based upon uh, our ability uh, to agree to do those things or not. The there is, a, um, there is a real uh, challenge, I think, in, in this recognizing that there is an absolute authority 
and an absolute authority in this world, recognizing that, um, that this is not open for interpretation. God is very clear about what he expects, and he, and he will do exactly what he says. In each of the sections, we're going to look at principles that we, that we find, and these are eternal precepts and conce concepts that, that are beyond time, that are always true, no matter where you are, no matter where you find yourself in the book, um, th these principles reside. These are, not, these are not something that just work for a certain period of time. We're going to find principles that we, um, that we will see and that we will use in our study and in our life uh, following, uh, following God and following Christ. In the, uh, the age of Moses, the understanding the, the goodness and the severity of God is, uh, is really difficult for many people. They're, they're, the idea for many people of, of God is, tends to be in, in extremes. It may be the extreme of that he's just this sadistic ruler that's just waiting for us to mess up so he can get us. Or the other extreme is that he's a, a tottering old grandfather sitting in his rocking chair on his porch, just not doing anything, and all he wants is for us to be happy. Do whatever you want. He's fine. He just wants us to be happy. That idea of recognizing that God will do, uh, God will, um, uh, we see, we will learn about his, his righteousness and his mercy and his, his, uh, his patience. Um, we, will, we will see that he, his, the way he demonstrates his love to us. Those, the, good, the good natures, the good aspects of his nature uh, are profound. And yet when, he becomes, when it comes time for him to be the judge, he will be the judge. And we see examples of this uh, in a stark way uh, in the Old Testament. One aside, we had a, a friend that uh, was, a, was a Catholic. She was converted. And everything was, was good, and she was enthusiastic until we started reading the Old Testament. She never read the Old Testament. And for her, it was a crisis of faith because she just didn't, she couldn't understand that God would be that horrible, that judgmental, that he would be so, that he would destroy people and he would, he would judge them in such a way. And she had a real difficult time accepting that that's who God was. And yet, at the same time, she, she acknowledged, she was very bright, she acknowledged that this was, this was the Bible, but she just couldn't get her arms around that. And it was a real challenge for her to see God. We, see, we, we don't see God explained in the New Testament. We see Jesus explained. So we, we learn about the nature of God in the Old Testament as we see his dealings with people. And it's, it's critical for us if we're going to understand um, our God and, what, and how he will deal with us and what his what his disposition is in, in situations where we are begging for mercy. Is he just going to be mean to us and, and just take it out on us? Or is he going to extend mercy to us? Can we just assume that he's just going to let us do whatever we want because, you know, it's what we want to do, so it doesn't really matter. If we understand the nature of God, it's critical for us to be able to know what to expect from God. 
we see many times in this period where God talks to, to, to people and he says, if you, will be, if you will follow me, if you'll do what I say, then I will be your God and you will be my people. I will bless you. I will protect you. God offered benefits in this relationship of obedience and this relationship of saying, if, if you will make me, if you will truly follow me as your God, that I will, consider, I will say that you are my people. And, I, and with that comes the, the, the blessings and the benefits that he promised. We look at that, and that concept is, 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 is expressed throughout. Um, that idea is expressed throughout all of, all of the text. That idea that, that God expects us um, to have a relationship with him, to seek him out, and to solely serve him. And that we, then we will be his people. We see examples um, of what the impact is, and we'll understand in this study what the impact of sin is in a relationship uh, with God uh, when, we, when we sin. Sin is an enmity between us and God. It's, it's, it's the enemy. It's the thing that, that, is, um, that destroys or separates uh, us from God. Not that God just goes away and pulls back, but that we, in sinning, have pulled away from him and his rule. Understanding the impact of sin is very important to us. If again, if we understand in context of what we just talked about, the impact of sin is is very important for us to understand clearly. In this section, there will be a number of principles that we, um, in the in the context of what we just talked about, that we'll begin to understand how we're to live our lives and and how we're to to conduct ourselves and what our expectations will be, and those things will will stand in place, whether it is uh, under this Mosaic period or under the rule of Christ or the, the covenant that we have through Christ, those things are consistent because God is consistent from beginning to end. God doesn't change who he is. God doesn't change his nature. God doesn't change what he expects from people. God is consistent. And as we understand the nature of God, we understand these principles, they apply throughout, um, throughout our study. If we look at the life of Christ, we look at the Gospels, um, we see that there is, uh, in this section, we see that we will, we will know, not just learn about Jesus, but we'll discuss and understand better how to know Jesus, how to, get, how to be close and have a relationship with Jesus that is not one of some hands-off, uh, some uh, distant uh, conceptual thing, but to have a a dependence and a fellowship with Jesus that is different than some, uh, uh, some acceptance of, and knowledge. Uh, we recognize, for example, that, um, that the demons, when he was calling them out of, out of uh, uh, one that was possessed, they recognized who he was. They said, why are you, why are you here? Are you going to destroy us before it's, it's, uh, before it's time? They recognized who he was but they had no interest in, in, in having, uh, if, I'm not sure if they even can, but the ability of bowing their knee and changing and responding to him, they had, uh, they had no reaction like that. Knowing Jesus, responding to Jesus is, 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 a, is a critical learning for us. Recognizing that Jesus is God. Jesus is the creator. Jesus is eternal. Jesus is the sustainer after creation, that through his power, all of creation is sustained. 
He keeps his power, continues to rule over all of creation. Recognizing this, we then find it difficult at best uh, to understand that he's also human. Here is God who didn't divest himself of any of his deity, who now is here as man. How is that possible? We have no frame of reference to understand that. We can just simply accept it. The fact is, he was man. He had the, the same uh, experience with Satan. Satan tempted him. Uh, we see him having great sorrow as he cries over the tomb of Lazarus, even though he knew three days before, he was, or four days before, he knew he was going to die. And he waited and, until, he, until he got there. And even though he knew he was going to raise him from the dead, he still felt sorrow and he, he cried over the death of his friend. I don't understand exactly how those things go together, but we see, and this, this, see the humanity of, of Christ. Everything that, that, that we experience, uh, he experienced. And so he is an advocate for us with, ex, with the experience, the knowledge of experience, not only just simply the idea of God, but he, he literally walked in our shoes. We'll, we'll be really clear on understanding what his message is. His message is very straightforward. He came to seek and to save the lost. When he, when he had the opportunity to, to chime in and, and say, uh, oh, this is the, we're, let me fix this whole problem with the Romans. Uh, you Jews, are, are, you shouldn't be uh, treated this way. Uh, let me just fix that. That was not his interest. He looks around and he sees social injustice. He doesn't, he doesn't address that. He even says that the poor will always be with us. He didn't, solve, he didn't solve hunger. He didn't solve poverty. That was not what he came here for. He didn't make all health problems go away. He came for one purpose, and that is to seek and to save the lost. And finally, in this time period, we're going to look at the last week of his life. And we're going to see the dread that he has before being taken captive. We're going to see his, um, his mistreatment, the, in, the indignities that, he's, that he uh, suffers, the, the, the beatings, uh, the abuse, uh, the fact that his body cannot even go as far as carrying the crossbeam of the cross, and his body fails. And it, and it ending with his, his, his body being nailed to the cross. Some people call that the passion. But it's the, it's the time period where we see this is the culmination of everything. The, the crucifixion of Christ and everything that it stands for, and as ugly as it is, is the crux of everything. From the very beginning of time, before time, when, when God said, um, through Christ, he's going to be your Savior, and through him, through his blood, you will have remission of sins, and you will be forgiven your trespasses. Before time ever, ever was, he understood, and, he had, and he, it was part of his will, and part of his understanding, and his plan, is that this would take place, as terrible as it is. The, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we look at this and we see starting at, at Acts and going throughout the rest 
of, um, uh, of the, the letters in the New Testament, we see the, um, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that, uh, that, he, um, that he came and that, uh, that every, anyone and everyone can through him be saved. Everyone through him has hope of eternal life and a reward in heaven. Everyone has the ability to, to relish in this good news. In understanding what is, as long as we, as we understand the righteousness of God, and we understand the, the expectation and the law of God, we then find ourselves, once we understand that, we find ourselves convicted that we are not, we are not equal to that. We do not live up to that. So we then understand that the righteousness is, is also coupled with the fact that there is judgment. And judgment uh, is, is, is waiting for us. And how do we deal with that? Well, we deal with that through the, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his covenant. We understand that that judgment is not one of condemnation. It's the pronouncement of this one's mine, come with me, not uh, being condemned. We'll understand and talk about grace and what grace really is. When, and how, how is it, how does it work? Uh, how do we get access to the grace of God? We'll talk about, about faith and, and, and where this, what, is, what is this faith and where does it come from? What's its roots? Um, how, do we, um, how do we understand uh, the faith that we, that we will have and must have uh, through Jesus? We recognize then that the, uh, the appropriate thing with all of this is that God expects us, Jesus expects us to, to bend our knee and to obey him. It's the right thing to do given everything that, that he has provided for us. He expects that we will live in a way that is consistent with our profession to be a Christian, that we will profess and we will strive to be perfect. And we'll fail. But our objective is to be perfect. And the mercy of God will, um, will make up the difference. But we are going to serve and we're going to obey. The church of Jesus Christ. In this section, we will look at God-centered worship. And by that, I mean we are we're going to look at expressing our awe. Worship, by its very nature, is being awestruck. It's the expression of that awe. We see the, we see the, the, the Israelites, when they, when they saw the, all the stuff that was going on around Mount Sinai, these people stood in the, in the doors of their tent and they saw it, and it says they worshiped. And that word is awe. It means to be slack-jawed. It needs to be in such, just so unbelievably blown away by the power and the, of, our, of God. And so having God-centered worship is not uniquely a thing we do together. God-centered worship is our life, our life of living in awe of God. 
we, and we get together here and we express that awe, but we don't not have awe until we get here. We express the awe and the worship that we live and that we, uh, and that we understand in our everyday life. God expects that we will worship him in the manner in which he has prescribed. He expects us to obey. He does not allow and expect us to say, well, this is what I want to do. This is the way I want to worship. This is the way uh, I, want to, um, I want to do things, and uh, here, here you go, God, this is what I want. Uh, well, that didn't work very, wood, very, very good for, um, for Cain, did it? Cain decided that he wanted to offer up the sacrifice that he wanted to offer, and God rejected it. So understanding and, and then obeying God is, is critical. Um, worshiping because we want to please him. Worshiping because we're offering our, our, our best to him. We want him to accept us. There's no other, uh, there's no other reason to worship. Uh, there's no other motivation to worship. And ultimately then, as Christians, uh, we, will, we will live... Uh, to please God. We will live in a manner that is consistent with, with instruction. And, um, and we, will, we will find ourselves uh, in, a, um, uh, in a relationship with God that is the way it is intended. I started, uh, I started this with this, this reading, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in, in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. This is our, this is our um, I don't want to use the word destiny. This is, the, this is the outcome that God had planned, as God has provided. And as we go through this study, we, should, we, we will hopefully spend enough time that we will understand this with some... Uh, tangible amount of understanding that we might be able to uh, to appreciate the immortality, the um, omnipresence of God that it extends beyond anything that we um, anything that we can understand, but that God has intended for us, He has chosen us that we would be blessed in all in all aspects in all heavenly things uh, through Christ Jesus. This lesson was about preparing us for study, but at the same time, if, if this is not who you are, if you are not um, in a, in, if you're not in, in such a way that, that you are uh, that you are following Christ, if you're not um, if you're not holy and blameless, if you're living a life that, that needs correction, or if you need prayers for the um, from the church, if you would please come forward as we sing, and we and we'll be happy to respond.